Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to the Fish Tank Guy podcast, the podcast where I record the podcast in my car while I'm at a snow resort um, because my son is snowboarding and I'm in the car for two hours, so I figured it was a good opportunity to record a podcast rather than just sit here and goof around on my phone the entire time. That's right. So um, if this podcast sounds a little bit off, you guys hear a little bit of background noise. That's because I am in the car. Um, I'm holding the mic so the volume might fluctuate as my arm gets tired, maybe. I'm not really sure. And yeah, I'm just going to try to do the podcast as normal. So today we are going to be going over the regular components of the podcast, which includes five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I'll give you guys a video game update. I will give you guys updates on my aquariums. And I also have an excellent topic for you guys today talking about Chemapure. Chemapure is one of the most popular... Um, let me call it filtration media options out there on the market that people add, especially to nano reef tanks. And we're going to talk a little bit about what ChemiPure actually is and if it's a good value for your money. This is very eye-opening stuff. I hope you guys stick around and listen to the podcast. I'm going to play the intro music and we're going to get right into it. Okay, so that was my dope podcast intro music. Um, Thank you guys for sticking with me through the intro. If you're still here, congratulations. You're one of 10 people who have made it this far, uh, and I appreciate each and every one of you. So as I mentioned, I'm currently at a ski and snowboarding resort that's located not too far away from where I'm at. It's called Peak and Peak. It's in western New York. And actually, my stepson is quite a big snowboarding fan. He started doing it last year as part of a ski club. That, or no, it would have been in seventh grade. No, it was in eighth grade. They had a ski and snowboarding club at their school, and they brought a bus up here, and he learned how to snowboard, and he really enjoys it. So I've tried snowboarding and skiing a few times. It's not really my thing Snowboarding is akin to skateboarding, so I tried it first, uh, but I will say it's much more difficult than skiing. And uh, so I tried skiing also and did pretty well with it, but it's just it's just kind of one of those sports where it hasn't really gotten its teeth into me yet. You know what I mean? It hasn't gotten the... the it, no, it's not the right word. Uh, it hasn't gotten the claws into me yet. I'm not like really hooked on it. Uh, Maybe it's because, you know, I'm 35 and I don't want to take too many nasty spills now. And I think the risk-reward ratio is not good enough. So the risk of getting hurt doing it is too high based on how much fun I have doing it, maybe, is kind of where I'm at. So at some point in time, maybe I'll look into it a little bit more and give it a little bit more time. But it's also a very expensive sport just to come up here uh, we actually got him a lift pass, and he saved a bunch of money to get his his gear and all that stuff. So, um, but but even still, you know, he saved up the money because he really loves it and he loves doing it. And I get it if it was something I really loved, like fish tanks, right? I put a bunch of money into fish tanks, uh, but not quite as much money as he probably put into his snowboarding equipment. So maybe over time, but um, anyway. 
yeah, so that's where I'm at right now. So I'm just sitting in my car like a loser there and uh, watching everybody snow and ski and have fun. But at least I'm sitting in front of the beginner hill where most people are not very good. So it makes me feel a bit better about just sitting in the car because some of them don't really look like they're having all that much fun. So, And it's only 20 degrees outside. Uh, so yeah, would not be my ideal day to go out and do any of that. So yeah, that's where I'm at. So how's everybody doing listening to the podcast? How are you guys? How are you guys and gals there? You guys doing good? Hanging in there? COVID style? I I see a light at the end of of the see a light at the end of the tunnel when it comes to COVID, which is nice. People are starting to get vaccinated. My parents already got vaccinated. Uh, my wife's aunt and uncle got vaccinated. We're we're starting to know more people that are getting the vaccine. So maybe we can return to some semblance of normal again. You know, to be perfectly honest with you guys, I'm kind of an extroverted introvert. That means, to me, what that means is that if you put me in a social situation, I'll do okay. I can, you know, interact with people and talk just fine. And I can have fun at parties and things like that. But more than likely, my choice would be to not even go. (laughs) So that's the introverted side of me. So COVID hasn't been so bad for me as it might be for some people who really like to get out there and be social and be extroverted and, and talk with people and things like that. But, you know, going through this period of time makes me realize that I do like hanging out with people. I do like socializing. I don't like doing it a lot, but I I do enjoy doing it. I do miss it. So I think that when things go back to normal, I'm going to try to be a better, um, I don't know how you'd say it. I'm going to try to be a better like friend, maybe like a social friend. I'm going to try to like meet up with my friends more often and different things like that. I've already started um, like a discord channel with a couple of my buddies that were my best friends in high school and college and now that we're adults we don't really talk all that much uh anymore i started a discord channel for the three of us and even just through that discord channel it's been nice to be like hey what are you guys up to this weekend and like hey you know what's what's going on in your lives like just little bits of time to catch up and connect with them is has been really cool And I also think it's really important. So if you're one of those people who are very indignant about having friends, like, I don't have friends, I don't have time for friends, like, it's been proven that having strong social ties is actually very healthy. So it's not even just about social status or saying that you go out and you're going to a party or whatever. It's actually about, like, being healthy. Like... And I don't just mean like, oh, it's it's like, oh, it's good for your mental health. Not even just that. Like, it's been known to cross over and have a physical effect of improving people's health. So, it, you know, be sure to reach out to your friends. Stay connected, even as you get older. Even if it's a few minutes once a week or something. Just maintain that connection. Because I think at the end of the day, you're going to be happy that you have them. So... 
All right, that's my little that's my little rambling about me being at the Snow Peak and uh, COVID and all that stuff. I don't really like to co- talk about COVID all that much because, you know, we've all been dealing with it for so long that I don't think you guys tune into the podcast to listen about COVID. But it was just my little take on it. So anyway, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to give you guys a tank update. So I'm going to start breaking up the podcast into like not fish tank, fish tank, not fish tank, fish tank topics, right? So my my first thing there was not fish tank. Now I'm going to give you guys an update on my fish tanks. Then I'm going to do my five minute movie reviews, five minute, five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I'm going to give you a video game update. And then I'm going to go into my fish tank topic of the week and wrap the podcast up with the fish of the week. Okay. So, updates on my aquariums. I would say for the first time in the last five years, I have been able to give my aquariums a lot more attention than I have in the recent past, which I'm very happy about. Um, My BioCube is looking much better. Uh, So, okay, let's start with the BioCube. I have a 29-gallon BioCube. I have the 32-gallon lid, so that's the lid with the LEDs, as many of you know who watch my channel. So my BioCube was starting to get a little green. I was getting a lot of green hair algae. I was getting algae on the back wall very consistently to the point where I was like scraping it off every couple weeks. And that was mainly because I wasn't keeping up on water changes and I had no cleaner crew. None. And I've started to realize that this could be the source of a lot of people's issue with their aquarium. That you initially get a cleaner crew. Over time, they die off, right? Or they are victims of the harsh reef environment, right? Which is snails get killed by hermits. Hermits kill other hermits. Things eat other things like it's crazy right it's like brutal out there it's brutal out here man out in the reef tank life man it's you gotta you gotta do what you can to survive right it's it's brutal so over time your cleaner crew gets depleted to the point where you have a couple left you you know one or two maybe a couple big ones that made it that 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 dominated over the others it killed all the others who ate most of the food the others died who knows and I think we neglect to replenish our cleaner crew over time, and we forget what a critical part of our saltwater or reef tank environment that cleaner crew is. Because I reached out to reefcleaners.org, uh, I believe his name is John, who runs that company, told him about my situation with my BioCube. He hooked me up with some snails and some hermits, and I bought a pencil urchin, which a pencil urchin or the pencil urchin, I should say, has probably been the best and simultaneously the worst cleaner crew member I've ever had. Now, I will explain to you guys why. Because um, the pencil urchin eats like a lawnmower. Unbelievable. All my rock work was cleaned off. The back wall of my biocube was cleaned off. So that's why he's good. He eats algae like a freaking lawnmower, man. Now why he's bad? Because he's like a bull in a china shop. He 
you know, he or she, whatever it is. The pencil urchin does not care about its surroundings. So what that means is he would knock coral off that had been glued to rocks for years. He actually put a slice in the cable connected into the cord connected to one of my power heads, which was causing it to start to short out, which could have caused a fire. And in general, he just kind of all over the place. So after, you know, I decided, okay, after he's done his job, he's got the tank caught up. I bought a cleaner crew to maintain things. I'm going to move him into another tank, which is exactly what I did. So the BioCube no longer has the pencil urchin. But it has probably 75% of the cleaner crew left of the recent replenish I did. And they keep up with the tank very nicely. So the tank is looking much better. I reworked my corals. I took corals out. I added corals back in. I kind of have a vision for what I would like them to do, like where I'd like them to spread, the rocks that I'd like them to cover, which I think is very important when you have a saltwater tank is kind of having a vision, but then also having patience because, you know, coral are not the fastest growing things of all time. With reef roids, they grow a little bit faster, I'll tell you that. But they're not the fastest growing things of all time, so you, you need to have a vision of what you'd like your tank to be And then you have to have patience to just kind of let it go and let it do its thing. So that's where I'm at with my BioCube. Now, the other nice thing that I'm really excited about with my BioCube is I recently added supplemental lights. The supplemental lights I added are actinics. They're LEDs. They're all blue. And they really make the aquarium look very nice. Now, I talked on the previous podcast about changing the lighting in my BioCube and it costing anywhere from $250 to $300. Sorry, that was a yawn. Um, Costing upwards of $250, and I just don't want to spend that amount of money on the tank. So what I found was a solution that cost me around $40. That's right, $4.0. And has really added a nice blue to the aquarium. It makes the corals pop a lot more. And, you know, it's adding a few more watts of light. So some of the corals that may have needed more than what comes in the stock hood are going to be a little happier. Now, I don't know exactly how those lights are going to pan out yet. So before I recommend them to people who watch my YouTube channel or to you guys here on the podcast, I uh, am going to, you know, watch them, monitor them, see how corals do with them for, you know, at least a few weeks, a month, maybe. And then I'll let you guys know about these awesome supplemental LED lights that I found. Great solution to add to a biocube, if you have a biocube. Now, uh, moving on to the next tank, the Fluval Evo Aquarium is doing just fine. Uh, I really like the tank a lot, 13.5 gallon aquarium. I might consider adding these supplemental lights to it as well, but right now the stock lights are doing just fine. The fish are doing okay. My diamond goby is doing just fine. My black and white chromis is kind of a bully. I talked about ditching him before on one of my videos and maybe getting, um, shoot, I can't remember the name of the fish that I was thinking about getting. 
Um, it's the one that is purple and yellow split in the middle. Gosh dang it. I'm drawing a blank. Anyway, the Fluval Evil is doing really good. Um, I've got nice setup in the back now with Puragen and Matrix Carbon along with um, Marine Pure. Is it Pure Marine or Marine Pure? Marine Pure? Marine Pure, I think. Marine Pure Gems as extra biological filtration. Uh, I do a water change about once every two weeks. That keeps things looking pretty nice. I have quite a few coral in the tank now. Uh, again, I have a vision of what I'd like them to do. It's primarily going to turn into a zoanthid tank for me, I think. I've never really had a lot of zoanthids, but I've started purchasing more of them when I go to fish stores. And I really like the way they look, and I like the pop of color they add to the tank. So... I think I'm going to have a lot of Zoas in the Fluval Evo. I do have a Torch Coral that I really love. I also am considering taking out the Pulsing Xenia because it's doing so-so, and I'm going to put the I'm going to put a Frog Spawn in its place. So I'm going to have two uh, two of those types of corals that will add movement to the aquarium, and the rest are going to be composed of Acans, Zoanthids. Um, I have a Monty at the top, and I would also like to add a... I have a purplish-blue candy cane coral that I'm going to put in the middle of the rockwork. I'm going to let the zoas grow around it and kind of let it bloom a little bit. I'm going to use a candy cane in the middle of the zoas because it doesn't have sweeping tentacles. Uh, and the sweeping tentacles of a torch coral or a frog spawn could easily sting zoanthids, and you know they could cause some chemical warfare, that which I'd like to avoid. So, uh, so in summary, the Fluval Evo is doing great, and uh, my other tanks are the Fish Tank Duplex. The one tank has the Pencil Urchin in it now, and the second tank, I'm going to have a YouTube video about it, is going to be turned into a Frag Tank. I'm really excited about it. I've been working on it for a while. Uh, my dad's working with me on getting some things th 3D printed for the frag tank that I might actually sell. I think they are awesome. Uh, they're awesome little accessories that could be used for a frag tank that people might enjoy. And um, yeah, I'm considering selling them, which would be really cool. So stay tuned to the channel for updates on that and updates on my other two tanks. And that will now conclude my fish tank update. So, let's move on to five movie reviews in five minutes or less. I never do it in five minutes or less, but I think it's a catchy title, so I'm going to stick with it. And I've got, I've got a variety of newer and older movies. Not, not very old, but I just mean like not... Oh, gosh. Oh, my gosh. I'm so sorry. I don't know why I'm yawning. Okay. I've got a variety of brand new movies and movies that came out within the last couple years. Okay, I'm going to try to go through them in five minutes, but you know the deal. Okay, up first is Tenant. Tenant came out in the year 2020. It is a Christopher Nolan movie, same guy who did Inception. It is essentially a version of like Mission Impossible slash James Bond with a time traveling element mixed in. I don't think I talked about this before on the podcast. If I did, I apologize. Anyway, it was very interesting. 
I don't really want to give too much away about it. I will say it's a it's a movie that definitely will require a second watch to fully understand, or you do you'll need to do some reading on it to understand it. Some people don't like movies like that. I do, as long as it isn't as long as it isn't too complex and like over the top complicated. I do enjoy movies that make me think a little bit and make me go, oh, okay, that's that's pretty cool. I like that, right? So that was what Tenet was for me. Um, it's time t- time traveling, but with a twist. And the twist is really cool. It's not something I've ever seen in a movie before. So definitely check out Tenet if you like Mission Impossible, if you like James Bond, if you like anything to do with time travel. Tenet is a really cool movie. I gave it an A-. Next movie up on my list is called Baby Driver. It came out in the year 2017. It's an action film, and a large portion of the movie focuses on music and the use of music incorporating, uh, being incorporated into action scenes, which is really cool. It's really well done. Basically, they just sync things happening they sync things up that are happening in the movie with a song that's playing. And a lot of the songs are really popular songs, so it's like really cool to see that. It is essentially like a crime heist type movie. Kevin Spacey is the... Um, I guess he's the leader, or he's kind of like the villain. I, I don't know. It's very interesting. I watched it with my wife, and my wife loved it too. So it, it it's a it's a movie for uh not just it's not just a guy movie, right? It it you can watch it with your wife or your girlfriend or whoever. Uh it's really fun. It's really intense and you're not quite sure how it's going to end. Like if it's going to end good or it's going to end bad, I'm not going to say how it ends, but uh, I really enjoyed the movie. I gave it an A. Like I said my wife gave it an A. Baby Driver, definitely check it out. Okay, so up next is a movie called Palmer. It actually came out in 2021. It stars Justin Timberlake. He used to be a convict. Now he's out. You don't know what he did, but you eventually find out what he did. Um, He's having a hard time getting a job. Nobody wants to hire him. He basically goes back to his hometown, and I think it's his aunt that he's living with. And basically next door, there's a mobile home and there are like, I don't know the right word to describe these people, but like deadbeat parents, right? The the mom is kind of like a druggie and the dad's always, you know, yelling and kind of being violent. And they have a young son. And they're, uh, it's unfortunate, you know, because their young son's kind of caught in the middle of all this. But he's such an innocent, like, good kid. He doesn't really realize kind of what's happening around him. And anyway, the the great thing about this movie is that the and I and I don't want to get political here, okay? But the great thing about this movie is that the little boy, I want to say he's like between 8 and 10 years old, is the little boy really liked girl things. So he liked princess shows and he wanted to be a princess for Halloween, right? And he just liked things that would typically be liked by a girl. And there's even a scene where Justin Timberlake goes, you know you're a boy, right? And the kid goes, yeah, yeah, I know I'm a boy. So the reason that the reason I mentioned this is because the thing that I loved about this movie is they never tried to label this kid. 
right? They didn't group him into a certain, you know, you know, whatever, you know, they have labels for everything now, right? They have labels for different types of genders and, you know, you know, different types of sexuality and stuff like that. And everybody's like trying to label everything like down to the minuscule preference, right? Well, I'm a girl, but I like things that boys like, so I'm this kind of girl. And, you, you know, it's it, it's like exhausting. And I think it's unnecessary. I think it puts unnecessary pressure on kids, right? Especially when they're just finding out who they are. Like, they need to find a label for themselves, too. And the thing that I loved about this movie is they never gave this kid a label. They just let him be who he is. And... Justin Timberlake ended up really taking a liking to this kid. And I don't want to describe the rest of the movie, but it was a great drama. It was a great drama. And like the, you know, the maturing of Justin Timberlake's character in the movie was really cool to see. His interactions with the little boy was really cool. The little boy was funny, right? So I thought it was just a great movie. To me, it screamed like you can be yourself. You don't have to be, you don't have to label yourself, just be who you are, like what you like, you know, and, and hang out with the people who accept you, right? So I really loved it. I gave it an A. Great movie. All right, last two. I know I'm over my time, so I'm going to speed it up. Uh, next movie is called Don't Let Go. came out in 2019. I would describe it as a thriller. It is... I don't even know who's in it. Um, lesser known actors and actresses are in it. Um, basically, if you've ever seen the movie Frequency, which is a father communicating, or which is a son communicating with his father who has passed away via a radio. So it's like a weird time traveling movie. But in this movie, the lead character, he is a police policeman and his niece, who he's very close with, dies. She dies and her dad and her mom because the parents were involved in something shady, right? And she ended up dying. And he's devastated. This is all in the trailer. I'm not giving anything away. He was devastated. And then like a week after she passed away or a day or a couple days after she passed away, he got a phone call from her. And he was like, looked at the phone like, what the heck? How'd somebody get her phone? And he picks it up and he's like, hello, who is this? And she's like, uh, duh, you know who it is. Like, she was talking to him like nothing had happened. And here, she was calling him from the past. And he felt like this was an opportunity to save her. But the only way he could talk to her is when she called him from the past. Very interesting. I thought it was a good movie. I thought it was well done. Um, It's, um... it, It was... I think it could have been fleshed out a little bit more. They could have done a little bit more with the story but overall I thought it was really good I thought it was very interesting it kept me on the edge of my seat the entire time I gave it a B plus I'm not sure what my wife gave it yet I didn't ask her we just watched it but uh, again called Don't Let Go uh, came out in 2019 uh, thriller B plus and last but not least is a movie called Sputnik I'll be really quick with this one this is actually a Russian movie it's basically about two astronauts that went up into space when they came back, one of the astronauts was dead, and the second astronaut was not quite himself because there was some sort of alien creature living inside of him. The entire focus of the movie and goal of the movie is to separate the astronaut from the alien that's inside of him, and they're not quite sure how to do it. 
It's a thriller. It's kind of like a horror movie. I thought it was very interesting. Okay, my wife is calling me. I will pause and be right back. Okay, and we're back. Yeah, my wife is calling me. Anyway, um, this Sputnik movie, it was very interesting. I don't know where I left off. Anyway, it came out in 2020. It is a Russian film, so it's all subtitled. Uh, you got to be okay with watching movies with subtitles. I'm fine with it. I thought it was good. I thought it could be better. I gave it a B. So a pretty solid group of movies. You got Tenet, Baby Driver, Palmer, Don't Let Go, and Sputnik. I would recommend all of them. I didn't think any of them were complete duds. So uh, there you go with that. Okay, so I'm going to do a quick video game update for you guys. I am still playing Fortnite a little bit with my uh, my best friend. We play games a couple nights a week. So I'm still playing Fortnite with him here or there. I am still playing Apex Legends on Season 8. I'm enjoying it. I'm using Bangalore a lot more often now. Um, I still enjoy the game. I wish World's Edge was back in the map rotation. But I do like the new Kings Canyon, and um, Olympus is still fine, but I pretty much just play Kings Canyon whenever I hop on. So I play ranked if Olympus is on rotation, and if it's not, I'll do some uh, some pubs. But Apex Legends, I'm really enjoying that still. In terms of other games, I'm back into Overcooked 2 with my friend, which is a blast to play, especially if you have someone you can play it with like in person, like couch co-op. It's a lot of fun. Um, it's a puzzle. It's kind of like a puzzle-solving game. So as long as you have, you know, someone that you play with that will be persistent and won't give up, right, and will will keep trying different things, it's a lot of fun. If you play with somebody who's like, eh, we didn't do it, and like, eh, I don't want, I don't want to try it again. They're like, you know, like, uh, no persistence, no. I don't know what you call it, right? Don't play with them. But otherwise, it's a lot of fun. And obviously, you can play it online as well. So Overcooked 2 is great. And then the other game that I've been playing is a Ukulele and the Impossible Lair. It is a platformer that I think came out in 2019, maybe early 2020. Uh, I'm pretty much to the end of it now. I've enjoyed it. The only thing I don't enjoy about it is I am a completionist at heart. So that being said, I try to get everything in a game. And in that particular game, you have to do a little bit of extra searching. And you might have to replay levels a couple times to find all the secrets. So I did that the best I could the first time that I played through the levels. A couple of them I played again on my own. But, you know, once I got to the point where I was missing a few things here or there, I just look it up. And the only reason I look it up is because I don't have enough time to dedicate to finding those things. But I'm a completionist, so it'll bug me if I don't. So I know looking it up is kind of cheating, but it's not because, like, I can't do it. It's just because I don't have the time anymore. But anyway, it's a really great game. If you love platformers, I would definitely recommend it. I think it's on Game Pass now for Xbox, so it's actually included in that uh, if you do have the Game Pass. So... Now we're going to move on to our fish tank topic of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, the fish tank topic of the week. I need I need some intro music for the fish tank topic. I need like I need like, you know, somebody to auto-tune me and create a little little jingle jangle here uh, for the fish tank fish tank topic of the week. Oh, sorry. Uh anyway, not my wheelhouse. Okay. 
So I want to talk about Kemi Pure. Now, the reason I want to talk about Kemi Pure is that when I was initially setting up my Fluval Evo, I was trying to decide what chemicals, what filtration media I wanted to use. And Kemi Pure kept coming up repeatedly in my searches. Oh, I use Kemi Pure. Oh, I use Kemi Pure. Oh, I use Kemi Pure. Kemi Pure Blue is what I use. Oh, I actually use Kemi Pure Elite. Oh, okay. Well, I, you know, it's all back and forth about this Kemi Pure. Now, I've heard of it, obviously. I've been in the hobby for a while now. I've known of it. I think I used it a couple times back when I first started my BioCube when I didn't know much about it. And, you know, I I don't know. I, I never really knew why I should be using it. I never really looked into it, which I don't think a lot. I think a lot of people are probably in the same boat. They just don't look into it. So I did a little bit of searching. And I went on Chemipure's website, and I read up about the products there. And then I went on to some message boards and read about the products there. And guys, essentially, guys and gals and ladies, um, essentially what I found is that Chemipure is a convenient packaging of other products, if that makes sense. So... I'm going to tell you guys what ChemiPure actually is and what its variations are, including ChemiPure Elite and ChemiPure Blue. And then I'm going to talk to you guys about alternatives and why you might want to go with an alternative. Okay. So, first let's talk about ChemiPure all by itself. No suffix. ChemiPure. ChemiPure is essentially granular activated carbon. That's right. Granular activated carbon. ChemiPure. It's got a fancy name. I'll give it that. But that's basically all it is. Granular activated carbon or GAC. Right? GAC. Um, GAC. G-A-C. Um, so what carbon is used for is essentially to... Clear up your water, right? If you have like a tint of color to your water, it helps to clear it up. It also helps to remove any odors that you might have in your aquarium. If you've got a real fish tanky smell uh, of, you know, with your aquarium, you might want to consider using GAC or ChemiPure. And it also helps to filter out toxins that are sometimes released by corals during, like, coral warfare, right? Coral can sometimes release toxins as a defense mechanism, and GAC or ChemiPure can be used to help keep those to a minimum so your coral don't essentially harm one another, okay? So that's what that's what granular activated carbon is. Now, <clears throat> there are various levels of GAC in terms of quality. There are some cheaper carbons that are just not that great. They don't really work very well. They don't work for a long amount of time. They don't have a lot of surface area to provide better filtration. Okay, So the one thing, the, not the one thing, but the great thing about ChemiPure, okay, 
is that it's a very good quality version of carbon. So at least when you're buying Chemipure, it is a good version of carbon. It's a good version. It's not like it's a crappy version with a fancy name, Chemipure. It is a good version of carbon, which is good. Okay? But that's what Chemipure is. And I'm going to talk to you about the cost of it, and I'm going to talk to you about alternatives in a minute. Okay? So, Chemipure. All right, that's what it is. Now, let's move up to Chemipure Elite. Ooh, Elite. Sounds sounds very, very uh, intimidating. It's Elite. You know what I mean? So, what Chemipure Elite is, is carbon, granular activated carbon, or GAC, right? GAC and Fosgard. Essentially, that's what it is. There might be a little something extra mixed in there, but you know, for what you need to know, it's carbon and Fosgard, which is phosphate remover. So phosphates can be introduced in your tank in a, in a you know numerous ways. Um, most often through not using RODI water, it can leach off of some rocks and different things like that. Oh, hold on one second. Okay, so phosphates, as I was saying, uh, phosphates can be introduced through RODI water, or gosh dang it, phosphates can be introduced through like tap water or water that isn't filtered properly and can also leach off of some versions, you know, some forms of rock and some sands, things like that, right? Phosphates are not great. They contribute to nuisance algae um, and various other, you know, negative, you know, effects uh, within your aquarium. So you don't want phosphate. So Fosgard is a good product. Now, the thing about Fosgard is that it's exhausted fairly quickly, Right, Fosgard is not something that works for months on end. So what's interesting about Chemipure Elite is they say you need to replace it every three months, but kind of the elite part of it will probably not last anywhere near three months. So that's the interesting thing about Chemipure Elite. So last but not least, we'll talk about Chemipure Blue, which is their newest product. It's crazy to me how they went from Chemipure Elite which sounds like, gosh dang, I want this stuff. Elite, holy cow, right? They went from elite to a color, right? Blue. Uh, okay, maybe because I want my aquarium to look blue. I'm not sure. I don't really get it. But anyway, uh, Chemipure Blue is another variation of Chemipure. It is essentially carbon, right? Granular activated carbon. Granular activated carbon and Purigen. Basically, that's what Chemipure Blue is. Um, Puregen is another form of filtration media that helps remove uh, organic material from your water. It basically absorbs them, pulls out nasty stuff from your water. It's very good for your tank. I run Puregen in both my BioCube and my Fluval Evo. So it's a very good product. So Chemipure Blue, again, carbon and Puregen, both very good things on their own to have in your aquarium and Chemipure Blue as a product is also a good you know product to have uh, in your aquarium to help you filter things out and keep your reef tank healthy right Chemipure Blue is good now let's talk about alternatives okay and let's talk about cost so i'm just going to i'm just going to throw out three alternatives okay so 
Chemipure, Chemipure Elite, and Blue, the three of them together are essentially carbon, carbon and phosgard, carbon and pyrogen. So, obviously, the first place you'll look at in terms of alternatives are phosgard, right, and pyrogen. And then the third is just a higher quality GAC, granular activated carbon, higher quality GAC. Okay, so, um, yeah, so anyway, the alternatives we're looking at are those three things. I looked at C-Chem products, C-Chem Matrix Carbon, C-Chem Purigen, and C-Chem Phosgard, okay? What I did, I'm not going to give you guys the math of everything, I'm not going to give you the breakdown of everything, but essentially Chemipure, okay, all of these products, I did them based on 25 gallons because the Chemipure products were rated at up to 25 gallons. So I'm going to assume these are the prices for treating a 25-gallon aquarium. It'll vary, obviously, if you have a smaller aquarium or a larger aquarium, but we're just going to use 25 gallons as a baseline, okay? Chemipure, $7 every three months. Okay, Chemipure Elite, $10 every three months. And Chemipure Blue, $12 every three months. Now, Chemipure Blue, on the instructions, they said it lasts four months, but the other ones only last three months, so I'm going to stick with the three months. I don't know why it magically now works for another month, right? So $7, $10, and $12 every three months. Now, if you were to buy those three other products separately, Matrix Carbon... C-Chem Purigen and C-Chem Phosgard, okay? The total to run all three, Carbon, Purigen, and Phosgard, for three months is somewhere in between $3.80 and $4 every three months. So in the in Chemipure land, Chemipure Blue is $12, Three to three times as much as if you bought the product separately. Now, if you're buying Chemapure for convenience, right, and you don't really care much about how much money you're spending on it, budget is not uh, a limiting factor for you, then Chemapure is a good product. And it's a good product anyway. I'm not saying that it's not good. But I am saying that if budget is a concern for you, if you're trying to start an aquarium and you're looking at Chemapure and you're saying like, okay, I got to tack on $12 every three months, right? It, they all, it all adds up, right? In a saltwater aquarium, it all adds up. So if you're looking at that, you can look at the three separate products and those three products are good products, right? They're $4 every three months. Four bucks every three months to run carbon, purigen, and phosgard is not bad at all. So that's kind of my, you know, my thoughts on Chemipure. Like I said, I think it's a good product, but I think you should really know what you're actually getting, what you're actually purchasing, and how much it's costing you. So it's costing you quite a bit more than if you were to buy the product separately, but you are getting the convenience factor. It is a lot easier, right, to have carbon and purigen mixed in one bag. You put it in. You don't have to get your own media bag. You don't have to, 
you know, when it's exhausted, you just buy another one and you put it in. You don't have to measure it out and any of that stuff. So there is a convenience factor there that um, also comes into play. But that's what I had on ChemiPure. So hopefully you guys learned a little something about ChemiPure. I'm going to do a video on my channel about it as well. But uh, you guys hear it. You guys hear it here first on the podcast. You guys get the exclusive first information because you guys are the diehards, and I appreciate you. And I appreciate you for listening to the podcast. You guys are the best. So let's do our fish of the week and wrap this up. The fish of the the fish of the week this week is, uh, or maybe it's probably the fish of the month, right? Fish of the month is the clown goby. Really cool looking fish. Care level easy. Temperament is peaceful. It's a blue, tan, yellowish in color. Minimum tank size is about 10 gallons. I kind of want to put one of these in my Evo, but I don't know if you'd get along well with my Diamond Gobi. All right, we're going to do the overview here. The Clown Gobi is common with the... Uh, you guys don't care about uh, that. It's usually found among soft and hard coral colonies, so all of the coral colonies, I guess. They are a small yellow fish with blue vertical lines around the eyes and gills and a blue horizontal line along the dorsal fin. Their body color can vary between dark brown and pale yellow. They are a peaceful fish that makes a wonderful addition to a reef aquarium containing colonies of polyp coral and other soft corals as they enjoy swimming and hiding amongst the polyps. Uh, It requires a 10-gallon or larger aquarium and prefers branched corals, often resting on them for hours at a time. Oh, that's cool. It will rarely become aggressive towards other fish, but will fight with its own kind in smaller tanks. It is best if it is kept with other docile species. And let's see. Its diet consists of a variety of brine shrimp, mysis, table shrimp, and frozen food for carnivores. Are there any testimonials? Heck yeah, there's testimonials. All right. Let's see what Sophia has to say. She's located in New York. Wow! All caps. What a gorgeous, adorable little fish. I got my clown goby today from Live Aquarium and it was top freaking notch. Looks just like the picture. I will probably be putting another fish with him in my 12-gallon but I love him, and he is a must-have for any aquarium. Thank you, Live Aquaria. Gosh dang, Sophia. Are you being paid by Live Aquaria? Come on, let's let's not make it so obvious here. Jeez, freaking getting money on the side. Charles Pope from Alabama. From Alabama says, This is a cool fish. Great specimen. Loves a perch on a rock. A great, peaceful tank, mate. All right, and then we got Jack Beardmore. Woo, what a last name, Beardmore, from the city of brotherly love in Philadelphia. He says, my goby came in perfect condition. Very nice specimen. Thanks, Live Aquaria. Gosh dang, Live Aquaria. You need to quit paying your people off to write these great customer testimonials or at least tell them to make it a little less obvious that they're getting paid off. I'm kidding. All right, anyway, that is the Fish Tank Guy podcast for this month, the month of February. I forgot today. say today is February. What day is today? Did I lose my mouse here? Where's my mouse? What day is it? It's 20th. Today's February 20th. This has been the podcast for the month of February uh, 2021. Thank you guys so much for listening. 
Uh, feel free to check out my channel on YouTube as the Fish Tank Guy. I'm going to have some merch coming out soon. I might also do some podcast merch for those of you who listen to the podcast. I would really appreciate your support. I do all this basically for free. I get some ad revenue on YouTube, but not a lot. And um, I hope you guys enjoy the content I make. I'm going to keep going. If you have any recommendations or suggestions for the podcast, please let me know. I will definitely talk about them because sometimes it's hard to come up with ideas. So I would really appreciate it. And, um, yeah, that's all I've got for today. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening. I hope you have a great week. I hope everything is going well for you. Hang in there. We're going to get through this pandemic, and we're going to be able to you know, be social and interact with each other again. Uh, I mean, until then, you can listen to me yap at you on the podcast. I appreciate you doing that so much. And, um Yeah, so all right, guys, have a good one, and um, I'll see you on the next podcast. See you later. Bye.